0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, please be seated. We shouldn't be surprised that we very often struggle to understand the Old Testament in general, and the Psalms in particular, mainly because they are very far from our own experience, historically, culturally, and theologically. After all, the latest psalm was written almost 2,500 years ago, while the earliest psalm was probably written about 3,500 years ago. If we think about this for a moment, it would be like someone in the year 5,500 reading something written today and trying to understand it. The point being, times change and God speaks to his people in ways and through means related to their own times. The Psalms were not written in our times or within our day-to-day experiences. There are two key things to know about them. The first being that the Book of Psalms was seen as an open, living book throughout the whole Testament period. Old Testament period. It was in constant use, individually and collectively. Secondly, the Psalms are at the heart of the Old Testament, both spiritually and practically. If we're being honest, probably all of us would have to hunt for the Book of Nahum. It's very easy with Psalms. Open your Bible in the middle and you find them immediately. The Psalms were written from the time of the Israelite conquest of Canaan to the post-exilic period. This is the time when the second temple was built and it was during the reign of David and his son Solomon. Psalms were always being added, but not systematically or even in the numeric order they are in today. The book of Psalms was probably compiled and edited into its present form in the period of Jewish history, when the exiles returned from Babylon. It would be around the fifth century. Psalm 90, although it's 90, is the oldest. It is titled, A Prayer of Moses, The Man of God. And today, there is very strong evidence that this indeed was written by the great leader of Israel. When God's presence was experienced in the Old Testament, it was always intimate and often fearful. We think of Moses on Mount Horeb, when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and the flames from within a bush, and how God revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai. The mountain was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended onto it in fire. We are told the mountain trembled greatly, and as the sound of trumpets grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. These meetings throughout the Old Testament, encounters with the God of all creation, demanded a human response, as well as worshipful prayer. And this is what the Psalms are. They are direct contact with God although they are songs of such divine human encounters and set within the formal worship of Israel. But a lot of them sound very foreign to us, even though written in English. The rhythm of the Hebrew songs would be very strange to us. But when we read the Psalms, we know we are entering the sanctuary, the place where God meets us in a very special way. And reading the Psalms, we see that the conversation between God and his people is direct. It's intense. It's intimate. And above all, it's honest. If you like, there's a grammar to the Psalms. At the beginning, God is praised. In the middle comes the crunchy bit when they can yell out to God how they feel, when they can complain what's happening when they can ask questions. And at the end, thanks are given for the mighty, almighty God. There are 150 psalms in the Psalter and Psalm 145, today's Old Testament reading, is the last psalm attributed to David out of the 73 credited to him. Though there are two other psalms called a prayer of David, unusually, This is the only one titled, A Praise of David. It is indeed a psalm of monumental praise, and we can say it is a very fit summary of all David had learned and experienced about God during a lifetime of following hard after the Almighty. A man hungering for the presence of his Lord. In Jewish practice, this psalm was recited twice in the morning, and once in the evening, the belief being that all who did this would have a share in the world to come. Such was the honour given to this last psalm by David. The reading this morning begins with verses 8 and 9, declaring and praising the greatness of God. With David in fact echoing Yahweh's self-revelation to Moses in Exodus, when he describes himself as the Lord the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. David is actually expressing here what is sometimes called common grace, that God spreads some of his goodness to all humanity. We are again made aware of God's kindness unconditionally given to all people when Jesus tells us to love our enemies, Because God causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends his reign on the righteous and unrighteous. The second portion of the psalm read to us this morning begins with David telling us that God's kingdom and his dominion endures throughout all generations. David then praises God for his love to those in need to all those who fall down and are bowed before him. The Lord will uphold them all. In these verses to the end of the psalm, David frequently uses the word all. I don't know what the word is in Hebrew. I keep meaning to find out. And in fact, the word all is repeated 11 times. He seems delighted in the very sound of the word. He's reminding himself of the wide sweep of God's mercy and the countless number of us who wait on him and are satisfied by him. We depend on God's mercy. And when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, God answers this prayer through common grace. When we pray this prayer, we are seeking His unconditional kindness. Deliver us from evil. The eyes of all look to you, David writes. We do look to God expectantly, those of us who are not too proud to look at him. To look to him for all our needs. David urges us to do so, to never stop. We should be expectant when we pray Give us our daily bread. For God will open his hand to satisfy us. He wants to. And David reminds us that God's care for creation extends beyond his provision for the human race. He cares for every living thing. Jesus reminds us of this provision when he says, We're not to worry, but look to the birds of the air and our heavenly Father who feeds them. And then asks, Are we not more valuable than they? And here in this psalm, David is reminding us of God's wonderfully open hand and heart, his provision for all his creation. His provision might have a large question mark against it, I can hear you say, but does it? David's world was not without the realities of war, famine, corruption, treachery, and a lot more. Yet David could still praise the Lord's graciousness and compassion. Our humanness, and how low it can get, is not going to inspire any of us. But David can inspire us. Why? Because above all, he was aware of his own failings, sins, and shortcomings. And yet he was still seeking to follow God hard, Even amidst his own weaknesses, he unflinchingly knelt before the Lord. David could do this because he knew God upholds all who fall and call on him. He lifts all who are bowed before him. To them, David tells us, his hand is always open. So it is within David's own knowledge and experience of God... That he ends this psalm by praising God's love and righteousness. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. Throughout this psalm, David has spoken much about how we should praise God for who he is and what he has done. David now gives us another reason to praise the Lord, calling us to recognize his matchless combination. Of righteousness and graciousness. Righteousness and graciousness offered to us all. Surely this is what Paul is referring to in Romans when he speaks of Jesus being presented as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. God did this to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies, those who have faith in Jesus. The combination of being both just and the justified is surely the same as being righteous and gracious. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. David knew this better than most. How many times had David wept and called out to God in fear for what he had done? And the Lord heard David because he had called out to him in truth. He had bowed before him. He wasn't too proud to admit his failings, his sins. The Lord heard David's cry and saved him because the Lord watches over all who love him. He hears their cry and saves them another example of God's graciousness in action, preserving all who love him, along with his righteousness in action. For all the wicked he will destroy, David tells us at the end of this psalm. When David ends this psalm with the words, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord, we sense that David meant this as a declaration. Knowing who God is, what he has done for his people. David's firm decision, a pledge really, was to use his mouth to praise and bless God again and again. The last verse of Psalm 145 is the last word we have from David in the Bible. If you like, it is his last will and testament, his legacy for future generations. Amen.